Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. enough chances to win three or four games but just about did enough to win at Doncaster three wins back to back as the addicts look to have put that slump behind them welcome to Charlton Live Hello, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at our first away win uh, since the end of January. 1-0 win over Doncaster Rovers uh, yesterday uh, up at the Eco Power Stadium. Joining me uh, to have that conversation is Mr. Mark Newbury. Mark, how are you? Back on the uh, on the winning train again, three out of three? Three out of three, and if Wimbledon hadn't been cancelled, it had been four out of four. So we'll, oh, I'll confidence. take that every day of the week. The confidence oozing out of the chef ever since we put a little winning, winning run together. It's lovely, lovely to hear, lovely to hear. So uh, on this evening's show, uh, we will hear the highlights very shortly of that one nil win uh, up at Doncaster. Quite long highlights actually this week, considering the amount of bloody chances we had without scoring. Um, and uh, finally, thankfully, Jaden Stockley did get one in the second half and we and we hung on for that 1-0 win. So we'll hear those highlights. Uh, we're going to hear from Jacko, of course, the Addicts manager 
uh, came to speak to me after yesterday's game. We've also got some audio from Corey Blackett-Taylor, uh, the man at the moment, uh, the man of the moment at the moment, isn't he, uh, Corey? And he spoke to Charlton TV uh, yesterday. So we've got that. We've also got your views as well, your tweets and your emails. Got some fans. I spoke to a couple of fans uh, on the platform at Doncaster train station on the way home uh, yesterday. We're going to hear that. And we've got some reaction as well from today's uh, loss for Charlton women at home to Crystal Palace. If you, it's been a weekend of missed chances, I'll put it that way, because the, the, the girls made enough chances to have beat Palace three times over today, uh, but just couldn't force the ball over the line, eventually losing 1-0 at home uh, after a, a first-half worldie uh, from the Eagles as well. So we're going to hear from Karen Hills, her views on that performance uh, as well. But before we hear the highlights of the game, uh, <laughs> it was a bizarre one yesterday, Mark. Uh, the, amount, the amount of chances we created and missed... Um, literally, we, 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 we could have won three times that game yesterday. And it, it was a really odd one because you don't expect that from the pair of, of Jaden and Connor. But, you know, we got over the line in the end and, and that's the only thing that matters. We, we needed that away win. We did and the clean sheet helps. You know, I, I had thought possibly beforehand that they'd resurrected some kind of curse or something in that goal because it was, no, it was like the ball was just not going to go in you know how many times you hit the bar the post or just miss off someone's toe uh, and when it when it finally came I think the, the relief all round was 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 palpable and you know the way Stockley took off I just saw myself it's it's one of those ones when when you miss a penalty that early in a game and to be honest, it was I, th- I blame myself and Tom for this because we were, you know, saying how much Washington was, you know, great on the Thursday night show, and then he rolls one into the keeper's arms. You're thinking, normally his penalties have been good. They've had height, they've had speed. This this was just a pee roller, and you think to yourself, is it not going to be a day? And the way Doncaster have been. You think yourself, you know, is it, would it be typical Charlton and typical us to to, to lose one nil to a team who are down there dogged? But I think there's there's a, there's a bit of there's a, there's a palpable difference amongst us. We've not been doing classic games recently, but we've been what's the word I'm looking for? We've been uh, succinct and thorough. Yeah, and clinical, I, I, I guess. Clinical. That's the one. Yeah, we're not making silly mistakes. It's the passing seems a touch crisper. I mean, I know Jack had talked about it in his uh, press afterwards, saying you know, he was impressed with the passing. You know, I think it was. It looked like we were getting the ball side to side a lot faster. And I think that's what gave um, CBT a lot more space one-on-one because sometimes we're dawdling across the back, their, their guys are drifting across, and he's facing up against two, so it's going back in. You look at how many times he was one-on-one, and he knew he had the beating of a guy. You know, in the first five minutes, he, he was like, "Well, you're going to be in my pocket all day." That's why they had to change it. So, no, it's wayward finishing, yes, but I think you're being churlish to say, "Oh, we, we could have won three or four. You still get three points. You know, I I thought to myself, unless they start doing something which I've always advocated that in a high-scoring game you actually get more points for a win. So if you score four goals or more in a game, you should get four points for a win." You know, it would make it more exciting. You know, yeah. but you only get three points and one nil clean sheet. Yeah, happy days. Yeah, we'd be really kicking ourselves if that rule had been brought into place after yesterday's game, where we weren't clinical, uh, unfortunately. But we did get the win. Let's have a listen then to the highlights from Charlton TV. Your commentators, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry. Ball out left to Blackett Taylor, looking to take on Noyle. 
Blackie Taylor still in possession, edge of the penalty area now, cuts back in on his left, goes back out again, still in possession, Blackie Taylor, it's just Stockley with a toe poke and cleared off the line, Fraser will pick it up for Charlton, goes back Blackie to Taylor who takes it in his stride, super work from Blackie Taylor into the penalty area, oh and is oh, he? he's given a penalty, just a little touch past his man, he looked like Blackie Taylor had taken a heavy, too heavy a touch, it almost enticed the defender into making the challenge, and then Blackett Taylor got an extra leg out there just to put his toe on the ball to take it round his man who was committed to the challenge and took out Blackett Taylor and Charlton have a penalty. He did ever so well, Blackett Taylor, but he's flirted with that already. Driving at the Doncaster defence on three or four occasions already. They've allowed him Is that the space to over do there on so. the right-hand side? I think, I it, think is. it was. And there was a heavy touch, but it just invited the challenge. And he just got there first out of his man. He wouldn't have gone to the ball anyway, but it was a clear penalty. It was a heavy challenge. He didn't make any contact with the ball. Took out Blackett Taylor. And now Connor Washington will step up for Charlton. Quarter of an hour into the game. Charlton with this penalty. Connor Washington steps forward. Strikes it. Keeper saves it. Down to his left-hand side. The keeper saved it. There's a little stutter from Washington in the... Stride up to the ball. Trying to commit the keeper. But you give credit to Mitchell, he stayed upright, stayed strong, and down to his left-hand side made the save. It wasn't a great penalty, tell in fairness. It, it wasn't, he didn't get a lot of power on Washington it. Washington has shown to push up. Goalkeeper Mitchell collects. Looks to dink it out, but it's fallen straight to Jaden Stockley, picks it up. Stockley in the penalty here. Jaden Stockley across, Washington, can he finish? Oh, it's saved on the goal line. Washington stretching, Stockley tried to tee him up. And yet again, Cholna have wasted a glorious opportunity. Well, how have we not scored there? How Through Blackett Taylor, cuts inside, gets a little bit lucky of the ricochet, but the Smith is there to try and clear it away, but gives it only as far as Fraser. Fraser with the cross, looking towards Stockley with the header. And straight at Mitchell. And yet again, Stockley just beats himself up a little bit because he thinks he should have scored. And he should have. <laughs> Simple as that. It was near post this time. That's where the ball goes towards Stockley. It's flicked on. Can oh. someone get there? No, they can't. And that's the half-time whistle, which kind of sums up this first half. It's unbelievably at half-time. It is Doncaster nil, Chol nil. Cholton have had four or five glorious opportunities. Matthews. Gilby's inside again. He collects. Gilby with the cross. Looking towards Stockley with the header. Oh. Not too far wide in the end for Jaden Stockley. Well, here we go again. Onto his favourite left foot, challenged by Lavelle. Rowe cuts back and then the ball forward. Cut out by Perrington. Rowe still fighting for the ball. Charlton struggling is clear. Smith with the shot has been blocked. Smith will get it back with the shot again and it's just wide. Well, we gave, him, we gave him enough opportunities to have a shot, didn't we, with Smith? He, he had one, we give it back to him, he had another, give it back to him, and then he did it again. Perrington again with the header away up towards Stockley. Slices the flicks, but it comes back into his path and finds Blackett Taylor. Left hand side, works the ball inside. Blackett Taylor beyond his man, lays Stockley! Gives Charlton the lead after 66 minutes. They've had a number of chances, Charlton, and it's that man, Corey Blackett Taylor, who created it again. Beat Younger on the left hand side inside the penalty area, laid it off for Charlton's number nine, who managed to convert for the Addicts to give them the lead. But you've got to give credit to Stockley because he started that move as well with just a little bit of control. Picked out Blackett Taylor on the left-hand side. Who, again, he's been uh, he's been Charlton's main threat all game and he's done it again there. This time he was taken on younger, beat him for pace, got to the byline, ball cut back. 
Stockley had kept his run going, met it perfectly. And beyond the keeper into the left-hand side. And Charlton will feel that that's just deserts, even though for the last 10 minutes we may not have been as... Uh, as, as as decisive as we had, as decisive as we had been throughout the rest of it goes inside to Gilby. It's a good ball. Gilby turns. Gilby finds Blackett Taylor, who kept this run going into the penalty area, drives it into the box. Shot saved by the legs of Mitchell and Doncaster clear it away. Martin out now to Rowan. It's a poor ball to Washington. It's a lovely touch from Washington. Takes it past his man into the penalty area. Saved by the keeper Stockley off the crossbar and headed clear. Again, how did Charlton not score there? Oh, tell, I don't know. I do not know. Six added minutes. Six minutes of added time here. Into the box. Fanwo can't get there. It's gone all the way through. And it's Rowe with a shot. Oh, saved by the legs of McGillivray. And then the touch from Hivula is cleared away by Matthews. And Alou will pick it up for the home side. Over halfway. 30 seconds remaining of added time. Ball into the box. Lavelle jumps. Can't get there. Runs through to the penalty area, still in the box, and the shot comes off of Clare. There's Hivula's shot. Oh, that had to be a corner, surely. It's come off Clare and away, and the referee's given a decision to do it. And there is the final whistle. And Charlton have hung on a little bit at the end to keep the 1-0 win. Cheers to the boys for that commentary uh, from yesterday's game, the 1-0 win. Uh, d- despite the amount of chances we, we did miss. Um, I mean, f- first of all, we-, we touched upon it already, Mark, but our away form hasn't been good enough. You know, that's uh, that- that's that's been clear. I think that was, what, our fifth away win of the season? Um, and our first away clean sheet in 11 games, you know, since that win at Burton, which was, I think, November, October time. Um, so th- th- these are little details that they need improving because the home form hasn't been that bad. But you know, when, when you go to an away game and that 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 thing about the the very few clean sheets, I think only three away clean sheets all season, maybe four. Um, you know, the the thing that surprised me is that we we've actually scored on every away game bar three this season. So we tend to score. So if we actually tightened up a bit more at the back as as we did yesterday. We, we 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 tend we would would find a way to go on and, and and win a game or at least get something out of it if if we you know if we're if we're a little bit more mean defensively on the road. Yeah, it's a combination I think of players coming back who we've missed and and I think we really did miss Lavelle and I think he makes a heck of a difference at the back there. He's vocal, you know, he's powerful. He doesn't really get beaten in the air. Um. And obviously, um, Sean Clare being back after his band, we we missed him for three games of after like a bit of silly billiness. So him being back there looks good. Matthews. Now I'm still a you know he can leave in the summer, but he's been consistent in that spot as well. So we're looking across the back, and I think by having Perrington in. And I know he's playing, tries to play CBT as a wing back, but he's getting a, forward a lot more because I think there's a lot more comfort having Perrington in that three at the back as well. So, because he can drift across better and read the game defensively. So, being tight at the back, and again, we saw another example of um, uh, Macarin goals. Ability to actually catch crosses out of the air and being a bit more positive, and 
I think we talked about again on Thursday, his coaching for the last couple of weeks has obviously been piling it in high, getting the big lumps around him and saying, right, make this ball yours. And I think yesterday, I think their last the last attack of a, of a game which came in and he took it and you're thinking, that, that's what we want to see. I'd say maybe four months ago before or while under Adkins... We, we, we'd have probably conceded in the 96 minute because that would have been the Charlton thing to do. And I think now we're seeing games out and we looked a threat you know, and one didn't seem to be enough for us because we carried on attacking. We didn't try and sit on it. And I've never thought we can sit on a 1-0 lead enough, well enough. I hate it when they go to the corners and give a ball away or give away a silly foul and then everyone pass forward because you just, you just sit there going, this is... You didn't have to do that. Just play your normal game. If you've managed to keep them out normally for 88 minutes, why do something silly in the last minute by trying to get a foul? Or Because it will soon bite. I, I remember I go back a lot further than you and some of the boys on the show, and I can remember giving the ball away and then you know it's piled forward and we've conceded. So I think, you know, now Lavelle's back, and I think for, for me, a fit Lavelle... <sighs> Is is imperative for us. Who you play alongside him is going to be a moot point for further discussions. But I think he's the difference and has been the difference for the last few games. Mm, excellent stuff. I mean, the, the chances we created and squandered yesterday. I mean, where where me and, and like Tell and Stubbers were sitting in the press box, we I, I felt like my head was in my hands more often than not throughout the game. I'm surprised I saw any of it. The amount of times. I, had, I was just face palming because of the amount of chances we were missing in that first half. And it all started, I mean, we we saw one, I think, prodded off the line from, from Stockley early on. Then, of course, it came to the penalty, which very much set the tone uh, for the afternoon, partly because of the way that Corey Blackett-Taylor won it, because he, he was excellent again yesterday, and we'll speak about him later. But, I mean, I mean that penalty from Connor, and, and I like Connor a lot, and, and his penalties have tended to be okay, but he's, he's missed a couple, hasn't he, for us? And, I mean, that's got to be one of the... One of the, the the worst penalties I've ever seen from Connor. I just don't I just don't know where it came from with him yesterday because normally you'd expect him to bag at least one of those chances he had, and the same for Jaden. He obviously did get his one, but they they just didn't seem to have their shooting boots on at all yesterday. That's so unusual for them because that front two has been one of my my favourite things about the team this season. Yeah, I mean we've talked about Washington's one on one, and you're saying you know you have confidence that the ball is going to be rolled in. And, you know, maybe we're being a disingenuous to their goalkeeper who has made a couple of good saves and he, and he stopped stopped a couple with his body in the way. But after where Connor's missed and Washington's hit the rebound on a bar and you're, uh, you're thinking, uh, not what, Stockley's hit the bar. From the, you're thinking, oh, again, I don't know. I suppose you've got to look at it. We were in a position to miss it. If you... If you, I was going to sound a bit a bit illogical, but if you don't even have someone who's close who's following up, you'll be going to say, "Well, why aren't they getting in the box more? Why aren't they driving in more?" I mean, Doncaster couldn't cope with Washington. They 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 really couldn't. I mean, they couldn't cope with um, CBT. And I think so when he got that penalty, and you saw the guy put his head in his hands, and not one of the Doncaster players as, as, as questioned the referee. They've gone, oh, yeah, that's a certain nail on. And again, we said, you know, with all it with his pens, you're thinking he's, he's a good penalty taker. He's taken them for his country. He's taken them for us plenty of times. But you're right. He's, you know, it's, you would have thought that 
if you're the club penalty taker, that you're going to make sure... I mean, you think of all the ones Jacko took for us, and I, I think of, what, two he missed? And he took really good, solid pens. And you just think to yourself, what part of it did he change his mind, you know, in his run-up? Or do you think he wasn't going to do it that? Or was it just a bad connection? It was, it was, it was just one of those ones. And when you go, is this going to be a... This is what it's going to be. We're just going to be knocking on the door. So to score after 67 minutes, you're thinking, okay, that's good. Because I think if it gets in the last 15, you're thinking, right, this is going to be a nil-nil and we're going to be talking about all the chances we've missed. Now we can talk about all the chances we've missed and go, yeah, we missed them, but we scored one. And it was lovely, lovely pullback, a lovely you know, side footer with you know quite a nice bit of pace on it and nothing they could do about it. And again, you know, we didn't sit back after that. We went, you know what, we've got one, let's go for a second. And that's what you want to see in your attacking football. And we, we haven't seen enough of that this season, unfortunately. Yeah, and and obviously that, that, that goal did come from, from good work from Corey Blackett-Taylor. We'll, we'll hear from Corey later on, but I mean, he, he has been an absolute dynamite in that in that side for Charlton recently. He's got that pace, he's got that trickery. You know, he said himself, he fancies himself to go sort of either way can go inside and out a player and Doncaster it set the tone sort of early on uh, especially in in the first 15-20 minutes he seemed to have quite a lot of space to run into on on the left hand side and they tightened it up and and as uh, we'll hear from Jacko uh, uh, later on they they made a change at half time as well to try and plug that gap but even then they, they still just couldn't handle him um, I mean the, the amount we've spoken about Jaden and, and, and Connor missing uh, through injury over the season costing us. I mean, I think the fact that Corey hasn't been able to play more as well, I mean, we've got a real gem there. I think if we can get if we can get a good long run out of him next season, he could be he could be a big player for us. Yeah, I know he's he's you know we we literally have virtually every player in the squad divides VM fans, um, and he's another one where people go, oh, you know, he's. He can't do it. He can't do it. I agree with you. I think I like the fact that he can come. He can come in on both feet, and he can go take you on the outside, or he can come in. So normally, you know, the defenders when they do their training and they're told, right, you're likely to come up against this guy. He's this footed. He likes to take it on the outside, whip across in. So you know, you've got to show him down the line or show him inside. I should imagine the. Um, the dossier which was handed to their defender, which had Corey back at Taylor on, it just went, I don't know, it could go anyway. And uh, the defender's gone, right, I just don't know what to do with it. And again, like I said, we got the ball to him quickly. And I think if you're not worried, you know, I wasn't really worried about his defensive duties yesterday because I'm thinking he was having so much fun going forward. And it's nice. I think it's, it's a pity on the other side, you know, that DJ hasn't really fulfilled his potential this season because I think you know we've seen it in flashes um, but if we had that on both sides and then you could feed you know Stockley and Washington from from both sides you, you're going to be so attacking and score so many goals but you know he's not really you know DJ's not had the best I know at the start of the season he was your tip for player of the season but you know I, I think you're allowed to change your mind by now um, yeah, I think I will. <laughs> and but but with with Blackett Taylor, I don't know. I mean, I know he, he's another one who's who's um, contracts up at the, in the summer. So hopefully they're speaking to him and saying, right, you know, 
you're one of the players we'd want to start, and we can like build a build a squad, and you'll be an integral part of that. And for him, I think he looks. I, I like he's one of those players that he plays with a smile on his face. You know, there's there's one or two you're thinking it's okay, it's it's their job, they take it seriously, but there's one or two players who you know you think yourself. If they just enjoy it for what it is, you know, a simple game thinking and can't sometimes can't believe their luck they're being paid to play football. Mm. And uh, I mean, sometimes I look at some of our players and thinking, my God, you're being paid to play football. <laughs> um, but with him, I just think until if he if he can stay fit, I mean, I mean that's the million dollar question. We we've picked up a couple with Innes and Chucks, and they don't have quick uh, recovery times. And you know, when he got injured and had to go off. A couple of weeks ago, it was a case of, oh, is he going to be out for another couple of weeks? But, you know, he shook it off. And I think to myself, you know, fair play to... We, we, we've criticised the medical team on here, you know, rightly or wrongly, but they have come under criticism, you know, from, from a few people. But they've obviously worked on him and know, you know what, we, we can get you out there, we can get you fit. And he's got a good turn of speed. And like I say, that, that ball, he knocked it so far ahead of him. I thought it was it was going to go out. I thought he's knocked it too far. And boom, he's caught up with it. Lovely ball back, pulled it right back into where you want your striker to be, to be poaching for it. And he had options because he could have done it hard across the face of a goal as well. Um, where I think Washington was was lurking at the far far end. And so, but he's pulled it back to where Stockley's pulled away from his marker. So he's he's a clever he's a clever passer, and I, I like that. And. You know, I, I don't think I could afford to have his name on the back of my shirt, but I'd like to see him next season. Yeah, I mean, we, you, you you mentioned about how how you you, you must feel lucky to, to play the game. Uh, I mean, he must have felt lucky when he was asked to go back on the pitch by the fourth official late on, having been off injured, uh, and all of a sudden found the ball at his feet. That was a, a really bizarre situation where where he'd gone down uh, with a problem after after a challenge, uh, went off because obviously the physio came on. He wanted to come back on in time to help defend the free kick. The referee said no. Then when the free kick was cleared, he was stood by the fourth official who let him go back onto the pitch at, 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 in, in an opportune moment, shall we say, just as a, a loose ball from Doncaster basically fell straight to him. He was through on goal. And the referee, deciding that everyone looks silly here, had to book him. I mean, it was an absolutely bizarre yellow card considering he was told by the fourth official to go back onto the field of play. Yeah, I mean, it is a strange one, and you do wonder because surely, uh, you know, the fourth official's mic'd up to the ref to say, sure, shall I send this player back on? But he's then said, he's either stopped him, should have stopped him from going on by saying, look, referee hasn't said you can go on. When the fourth official said you can go on, the referee, in theory, had no right to stop the game because it's supposed to be an officiating team. You know, the, the two linesmen, the referee, and the fourth official, they say, oh, they're supposed to work as a team. We know they they don't, apart from when the fourth official calls a referee over because the manager's called him something. And uh, he he's should have said, you know, sorry, ref, I, you know, I've I've let him go on, so you know, you weren't shouldn't have booked him. Unfortunately, you you can't appeal it. Um, all it is, it's another one for our, you know, rocket to the top of the league for yellow cards. So yeah, yeah remarkable. Think, Remarkable stat. 99? 99 yellow cards. Uh, but it, it's not that. I mean, uh, that sounds like a lot because it is a lot. And, and it's not It's not like we're just in a season where there's a lot of yellow cards being given out. I mean, the next nearest team is Wigan on 81. We're miles ahead 
Like we we are absolutely blowing the yellow card league out of the water. And I, I said earlier on Twitter, I said, and this was all without Davin Prattley in the team. I mean, I I think we'd have probably hit a hundred by Christmas if he'd been there. Um, I, I know I, I I don't look at us as a as a dirty team. I look at it as extremely atrocious referee, and it's a pity our esteemed colleague Terry isn't here to give us our, his opinion on referees this season. Um, he's probably seen a lot more than me. Um, but some of them, some of the decisions, you know, you're a bit card happy, and some of them are a bit strange. Last week, where the um, one which with Dobson, you know, with a foul on him, the guy should have got a red card for it. Um, so it's it's a bit weird. But do do I think we're a dirty team? No. I mean, I think if someone from stats could look down, and say, right, how many of those are for time wasting? How many of those are for this or pointless? Things. I mean, I mean, I remember like Gilby getting one just for, for mouthing off, and you think to yourself, that that ill discipline can cost you because I don't know. It used to be if you got five yellows, you got an automatically an automatic club fine. I don't know if that rule is still as in effect because you know I know a couple of times this season we've had more than five in a game, um, and obviously the reds, you know, count up as well. We've had a few of those this season but I don't know I wouldn't say we had a discipline problem but because you know I've, I've seen games across our division and thought to myself why why hasn't that been carded why hasn't you know we've seen it we've seen it on opposition gate players against us you're thinking the referees let it go and you let them go too long and just talk to people and then I'll be like all right the next one gets a card and it could be the most innocuous challenge I remember Famo getting one, and it was a, literally it was a fifty-fifty. But because the guy's gone to the floor with his Oscar performance, like he's just been shot, or he's auditioning for Platoon, and the referee's gone right, that's a card. And you're thinking it's 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 not, but you now feel that you have to stamp your authority on the game, and you think to yourself, well, that's a little too late. You know, yeah, it's, I know they say you know you should let let the first one go, but if the first one's a leg breaker, you shouldn't. You know, I, it's it's a strange one. I mean, mm. at least we're top of something. Do, do we get do we get a trophy or something for being oh, forget? I, I could get one made up. I'm sure. Uh, I, I think mean, so. We, yeah, we, uh, because we didn't take our chances, we did have to hang on a little bit at the end. Um, you know, we criticised Maka for some of his performances uh, recently. So it's only right that we praise him for the save he made from Tommy Rowan. He did come out uh, and claim a couple of crosses. He did drop one in the first half. Uh, which again, I, I was secretly pleased to see him at least coming off his line to do that, and he has been doing that more. But he, he did drop one, so there's still things to work on there. But he, he made a good save from Tommy Rowe at the end, which uh, was Johnny Jackson uh, was very pleased with. And I think we should hear from uh, Jacko now. Came to speak to me after yesterday's win up at the Eco Power Stadium. I asked him uh, how he felt after the performance. <laughs> um, I thought we should have been out of sight in the game. To be honest, I thought, we, I thought it was a, from box to box, it was a really, really good performance. Um, I thought there were some outstanding individual performances, but obviously we, you know, we missed a host of chances there, and we should have been out of sight. And at one, you know, you give the you give the opponent an opportunity to put one in your box, something to fall to, fall to them, which it nearly did right at the death there. It would have been cruel, um, but then you need your goalkeeper to come up uh, and uh, come up with something, and he did great, a great come and. Uh, claimed claimed a cross at the end there and then made made a great save as well. So you know, they're, they're, that's equally as important as uh, goals. Yeah. Are they in France for shooting practice next week then? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, we got to, you've got to be putting them away. 
Um, and on another day they do. You know, it just seemed like one of them days where it just wasn't gonna, just wasn't gonna go for us. Obviously, a penalty. You know, that can happen. You, know, you can miss penalties, but there was other ones there that we, you know, we have to score. Um, yeah, so you, know, you got to practice those situations. I mean, on a, on a different day, I think they tuck them away comfortably. You know, it's just one of them things. It was unusual for those two, and, and the good thing was those, those chances were being created today. Exactly. Yeah, I thought we, we created a number. I was really pleased with how we played. Uh, we moved the ball from box to box, uh, but the hardest thing to do is to put it in the net, isn't it? And uh, just that last little bit was obviously lacking in, in, in too many moments. But um, nice that we're creating. And obviously, the away form is something that's been spoken about recently. It's the first win on the road since since January at Portsmouth, and uh, first clean sheet since since Burton as well. So it's, it's good to get those two sort of underlined today. Yeah, definitely. Um, spoke a lot about clean sheets and how that gives us a platform to to go and win games. Um, you know, having having the boys up top, having someone like Corey back in the team on the wing just gives you that threat that, that we haven't had. Um, we wasn't keeping clean sheets either, so uh, to get it all, you know, to get the clean sheets back and, and, and to have those guys back available, we always fancy we're going to score. So um, yeah, it's obviously it's it's been it's been too long, but you know, it was nice to get one today. Yeah, speaking about Corey, a lot at the moment he's he's really flying, isn't he? Sort of opening. 10, 20 minutes, he had all that space in the left-hand side and even after they tried to sort of close him down, he still had the beating of his man pretty much every time. It's very difficult to defend. Uh, he's, in, he's in great form, he's enjoying his football, he's enjoying the role um, and you know we try and provide and play, play a way to get people like that on the ball, uh, which we've, we've done really well. I was really pleased with how we got him the football today. Um, and then you know it's down to him as you know he's playing wing back, but he's he's a, he's a winger, isn't he? And uh, that's how we use him. And I thought he gave them like incredibly tough time. They had to make a change at half time, um, just to you know because he was causing so much havoc. How was he? Because he, he came off with like a, a minor knock, was it right at the end? I think he had a bit of cramp there at the yeah. end. Uh, but it's good that I mean he's that was in the 90 plus minute. It's, it's good that he's he's back free from injury, but he's able to put those sort of 90 minute games in as well because that's something that he's not been able to do. Uh, so he's getting better physically um, and obviously you know, what he's bringing to the party in terms of his play is, is excellent. Can you talk us through what happened when he was told to go back on the pitch by a member of the officiating team and then was booked for it? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, glad, I'm just glad it hasn't... I can speak about it calmly now because it hasn't, it hasn't cost us. But uh, I was trying to make a... I was trying to bring him off and bring Fanwell on and we told the fourth official that that's what we wanted to do. We then had to defend the set peace situation with 10 men which we shouldn't have had to do um, then the fourth official sends him on admittedly at a terrible <laughs> moment uh, he should never have sent him on but he told him to go on so it's not the lad's fault and then he nicks it would have been obviously clean through which would have been a bit, bit of a scandal to be honest but why he's getting booked for that it's the fourth official's error um, the lad you know the lad shouldn't get booked for that it's a three wins in a row now. Obviously, the last time you had a bit of a winless run, you went went on a three game run, and then it turned the corner and went bad again. So I guess that's the, the the task between now and the end of the season is to try and keep up the levels they've set over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, listen, we've got players available to us. Uh, I keep, you know, we have to, we have to speak about it, and we we went on that run when we was our most depleted coinciding with our toughest run of fixtures in, in the season so uh, um, it was difficult but we knew we'd come through it we're getting guys back returning we're getting you know fixtures that, that, that you fancy that we can pick some points up and we're doing it and uh, I expect I expect us to finish the season strong that's what I want 
Um, not just giving, you know, settle for, for mediocrity. I just, I would never do that. Uh, that that run hurt us all, me, my staff, my players, um, and we're keen to sort of put it right, and, and and we're starting to do that. 600 made the trip today for a bit of a dead rubber for us, really. If you look at, I know the trust put on extra seats on the coaches for subsidised price, and, and to have that nice moment with the players again on the road, that's something they've been missing for a while. Absolutely, yeah. The support we've had has been incredible, up and down the country, the miles they've put in. And we haven't given them enough uh, occasions where they've gone home with a smile on their face. So I spoke about it pre-match that we, we was really keen to do that because the support's been magnificent. And uh, you know, to, obviously today we can well, we've rewarded them with a with a really good performance and, and three points. So we sent them away happy, and uh, you know that really makes our weekend. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Kirk again. To his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. Just The searching cross from Chris Gunter. Chiasini beats the Quetian to the ball against Chalmerlead. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out, about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback, spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Chiasini. Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you are. This is uh, Louis Mendes and Mark Newbury looking back at yesterday's 1-0 win over Doncaster Rovers, our first away win uh, in, uh, I think it's five league games in terms of away losses. Uh, we, yeah, we had four losses on the spin after that Portsmouth game, but we put it right yesterday with a, a win at lowly Doncaster who were in uh, in trouble towards the bottom of the table. I think there's still four or five points from safety after yesterday's uh, game. I, I can't say I saw much from them yesterday that would suggest they... they they will be staying up. Uh, and the amount of chances they gifted us, as well as the ones that we opened up for ourselves, um, uh, they, they do seem to be in, in trouble. Um, Jacko was was pleased. I did ask him about that Corey Blackett-Taylor incident, and he was able to laugh at it now. But if, you, I mean, if it had led to a goal, Mark, I can imagine that would have been a, a very different uh, conversation that we'd had. Well, you've got to consider, what if Blackett-Taylor had got a yellow in the first half? And then, you know, he goes back on because he's been told to go back on. The referee goes, here's a yellow. Oh, it's your second yellow. Here, you know, we've got a matching one there. Makes it a red. And then we're suddenly down to 10 men. Okay, there's not a lot of time left. 
but when you're suddenly you know facing a whole different proposition of sort of like extra time and whatever just with with 10 men and you know it's going to be backs to the wall so yeah he can he can laugh about it but at the end of the day he's got to put it down in his report because obviously the managers do their reports on the referee to say you know this wasn't right someone should be phoning that referee on on monday morning and saying look this report's come in the fourth said he could go on you know he'll turn around and say well i'm the referee but as i said it's it's we're always told it's an officiating team so it it could have it could have been worse i suppose you know you look at the um, glass half empty kind of thing and say or oh, what if he'd been sent off for that which would have been a most bizarre sending off you think you could, you could get and uh, whether the referee would have realised if he'd already booked him once and go, uh, what do I do now? Because I've I've stopped play. You know, once he's blown a whistle and he stopped play, he's he's almost had to card him. He just can't. If he goes off and just tells him off and tells him to go off, he's going to be like the naughty schoolboy. So he's got he's got to card him. But like I say he he could have had worse consequences if he'd been um, carded in the first half. So hmm. it's a bizarre one. Yeah, there was, there was one thing I didn't ask Jacko about because I wasn't aware of it until after it happened, but um, and, and until after I'd spoken to Jacko as well. But at full time, there was a, a bit of a a shouting match between Connor Washington and, and, and Sean Clare. And it had started before the, the game finished. We saw it, um, uh, I think, not, not long before the final whistle. I think a number of members of the team weren't happy with a, a clearance that Sean Clare played. I think they didn't think he'd sent it far away. Uh, enough from our own half and that ended up in, in a bit of argy bar not argy bargy but a little, a little bit of verbal of, of a shouting match um are you pleased to see that sort of thing because again even though the season's basically dead it's still showing you know the standards that everyone wants uh, each other to achieve at this at this time yeah i mean as long as it doesn't get to the sort of like kieran dyer uh, boya type of um fisticuffs which we saw at newcastle yeah i'm I'm fine with that because if you if you're playing a parks football or sunderland football and you think it just clear it and someone's shins one up in the air and it, you know you're going to be giving your mate pelters for that and probably rightly so at a professional level if they're saying look you know you've got to knock it into space where you know we've got to turn them around or even if you knock it further down and I, I like that passion, and I, I should imagine it, it went in the changing room, and they probably hugged, and they've probably apologised to each other, and that's it. You, you move on, as I think that's what adults do. Um, I don't think either of them's gone into a changing room and sat and sulks. I think it's a case of right. It's, it's it happened out there. We, we didn't lose. It didn't result in us conceding a goal, which is good. So you know, let, let's. Let's let's move on, and I think it does show passion. I think you'd be more worried if it was sort of like in the first couple of minutes, because he's going to say he's not going to pass to me all game, or so. I'm 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 okay with that kind of enthusiasm. Seems wrong, but passion seems too much. It's if if there's, if there's somewhere between enthusiasm and passion, that's that's what it'd be. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look at a couple of the messages uh, that have come in. Big tone. Uh, says an excellent three points accompanied by a very solid performance should have been out of sight after the amount of chances that we wasted Corey Blackett Taylor without a doubt was man of the match for the second game running so important 
having Stockley and Washington uh, playing together. And Stewart said a solid performance as expected. Clean sheet uh, should have been freed up at half-time. Lavelle looked calm and assured uh, at the back. And CBT looks the real deal. Come on, you addicts, let's build uh, for 2000. And 23. Well, let's hear from the real deal then. Uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor spoke to Scott Minto on uh, Charlton TV after yesterday's game. Uh, and this is what he had to say on the performance. Yeah, I thought I played well, um, especially the first half. I got a lot of the um, game changed in the second half. I had a bit more momentum, but I was happy with my performance throughout the whole game. Do, I mean, the way you're playing at the moment, you came into the first team a, a little bit late. You signed the, the short-term contract. You did really well. Then you've got an injury, and and then you've come into the first team again, and again you're 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 one of the major players. Do you feel you are one of the major players at the moment? Um, yeah, in terms of attacking threat, um, I believe in my ability to create chances and score goals, and that's what I'm in the team to do. So I feel like as of late, I'm I'm definitely doing that. You certainly are. Be honest. Are you enjoying the wing back role? Yeah, I am. To be fair, I've never played it before. Um, I think when I first played it, I struggled a bit. Because it was, I was getting used to it, but we did a lot of tra- um, work and training on it, and now in games it's pre- um, paying off. What, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Because the, I don't think any, well, you, you can be taught to, to get better going forward, but that is your game. But defensively, what's the biggest thing you've learned about, you know, making sure you track back and, and work well for the team that way? Yeah, it's just um, positioning, um, just like looking at things, doing things on the training pitch, and then looking at looking at things on the. Um, when we're doing like analysis, a lot of them um, sessions do help. And then the game after game, the more you play, um, the more you get better at it. So that's how I feel like I've improved. And in terms of the team as well, that's three straight victories now. Again, you've played a massive part in that. One of the standout players in there. Do, do you feel from a, a psychological and confidence point of view that the team are, you know, turning things around and wanting to finish really positively at the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. We've got um, eight games to go now, um, seven. And like, I just feel like we just need to just keep playing how we've been playing. Um, we've got a lot of togetherness in the camp and we've said to ourselves, like, let's finish the season strong. So I feel like that's what we're doing at the moment. A final one. What's, what's your personal aim from now to the end of the season? And what do you feel you know, the aim for the team is as well? Um, personally, I just want to keep playing well. I've got, um, I want to play every game from now to the end of the season. Keep getting 90 minutes try and get goals and assist, help the team. That's my personal goals and I feel it fits with the um, team goals as well. We want to keep clean sheet, we want another clean sheet today and just try and keep winning and get as high up the table as we can. Sorry, Corey, I did say finally. I've got one more for you. Um, in terms of fitness-wise as well, it looks like you're getting a lot stronger and fitter. Do you feel that, that you're able to last the 90 minutes? Um, yeah, you know, definitely. Which you would have done today if you weren't taken off right at the very end. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, something that I've had to work um, hard on. Um, when I was injured, I worked a lot of a lot on that and working on a lot of areas of my body, and I feel like it's helped. Um, so, like, credit to the physios for um, helping me that as well. There we go. That's Corey Blackett Taylor uh, speaking to uh, Scott Minto after yesterday's game. Um, yeah, there's a lot to go. There. I, I, li- I liked how confident he sounded in his own ability, and, and yeah, with good reason. Uh, but also, he was asked about growing into this wing-back position? Because, I mean, that is the thing we have to remember, Mark. We are asking him to do something ever so slightly different. And, and it's a position that we've needed a, a specialist in, arguably, uh, this season. You know, in, in and out. I think Lico's done it reasonably well at the start. You know, I mentioned that game away at Sunderland at the start a little while ago. But 
since then he's not he's not been at it really. You've got Purrington and Matthews who are, are limited in in that role, and um, DJ who again has good games and bad games, but he's limited in that role. But but Corey, we're asking him to do two or three you know defensive things at the same time and going forward, and and he's he seems to have stepped up to it and and just getting better and better as he said himself. He feels like he's learning learning on the job. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, like you say, DJ's had a couple of amazing games at at wing-back and then a couple of ones where you just go, it just doesn't seem right for it. Um, The full-backs doing the winger's job with Matthews and Perrington, slightly different, sort of like Keller Fish, because by nature they're inclined to defend more. So, yeah, having a specialist on that side, um, I think, you know, it, it does... I'm not sure how old... Blackett Taylor is and you think yourself you know you're never too old to learn stuff and he's he's young he's fit and fast so if he can take it on the coaching they're doing and he's you know not neglecting one for the other he's managing to I think that's 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 the good thing about it he is doing his defensive duties but he's doing his attacking duties as well and sometimes I think the um you're going to do one more than the other. So you're either going to be defending more and you're thinking, to yourself, well, why is he getting forward? Or you're going forward too much and people are always leaving him short at the back. I think striking the perfect balance is one of those things you'll, you'll learn. And uh, I think it's possibly the reason, I mean, we, we talked about Charlie Kirk of, uh, earlier in the season. People saying, well, you know, he hasn't had a chance, he hasn't had a chance. I mean, obviously, if they looked at him and thought, he can't do that role. It's a role Jacko needed someone to do on the left, left side. You know, Kirk's obviously more of a winger, forward, and, you know, hasn't really got much interest in the defending side. He's got someone saying, right, if you do this role, you're guaranteed almost like a start because that's what I need. And so CBT's taken that and going, you know what, I want to be playing football every week. You want me to play wing-back? I will play wing-back. You know, you want me to go centre-half? I'll go and play centre-half if you need me to, because I'm going to be in the team every week. So, and having flexibility amongst players, I mean, we talk about Sean Clare. Now, we we said, you know, one of the reasons he left um, Gobbo at Oxford is that he didn't want to play right-back. He didn't want to play defender. But he's been immense for us in the back. I think he's realised Jacko's trying to do a certain thing and he can fit into that system you know he can he can move across because of his you know nature of the way he plays it's suitable for him and i think that's what Chloe Backett has, has done as well he's he's seen that it can suit him it, he can use it to his advantage and it makes him a better player it makes us a better team so, you know, why why not do that? I think sometimes some of the players who people say, oh, why aren't they? Why aren't they there? Why aren't they there? I'm thinking, obviously, there's something in their psyche or their, what, in their makeup, and they're saying, well, I can't do all these jobs you want me to do. You know, whether they're lacking the ability or the skill or the confidence. So we haven't seen, you know, as about probably half a dozen players we could name who haven't really come in under Jacko. And... Corey's gone, you know what, if that's what you want me to do, I will do it, and I will do it to the best of my ability. And, mm. uh, you know, he's been he's been fantastic, I think, the last few games. Yeah, taking his chance uh, with both hands. Right, a few more messages have come in. Al says, a great away day yesterday. Can't complain 
three wins in a row. I thought Sam Lavelle has been excellent last two games. Also, Stockley is so important uh, to the team with 16 goals in all competitions. If he wasn't injured, uh, you're probably looking at 25-plus for this season. Every team uh, in the 92 wants someone like that up the attics. That's from Al. Cheers. Al and Reg says, uh, uh, whilst uh, for some the season may be uh, seeming uh, to be meandering to its inevitable mid-table finish, uh, it's the first season my wife has been going as a season ticket holder, a Cholton journey uh, that for her began in 2019 with a playoff semi-final uh, at the Valley and then the final at Wembley. I've warned her it may be half a lifetime until we enjoy such heady days again. Uh, and nonetheless, she has developed an acute sense of what is important and nuanced uh, about the uh, beautiful game. Ergo, uh, whilst uh, watching <laughs> uh, the post-match interview with Johnny Jackson yesterday, she asked a $64 million question, do you think Johnny dyes his hair? Well... Do you dye your hair, Mark? I'm, I'm not an expert on the subject. Do you think Johnny does? Um, no, I haven't seen hair since about 2000, mate, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, unless you talk about hair on my back. Um, yeah. Do you dye that? Doesn't, no, it doesn't get dyed. Oh, no, um, natural. Uh, yeah, I just I get I get the wife to shave into the shape of a Charlton sword, which is fancy. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely image for everyone listening. Yeah. Um, does, does Johnny Jackson dye his hair? Um you know what? No, I think he's just one of them naturally good-looking buggers. And, yeah. uh, There's loads of us about, Mark. Don't be jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's. Uh, uh, what else have we got? We've got the fans bar coming up now. I did say uh, I spoke to a couple of supporters, Dougie uh, and young Luke, uh, on Doncaster train station uh, yesterday after the game. Asked for their views uh, on the performance, and this is what they had to say. Uh, it was a bit laboured. Lucky to get the three points. Uh, we should have scored a lot more, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen Jaden and Connor be so wasteful in front of goals they have been today. No, I mean, Jaden hit the bar, didn't he? I mean, he should have put it away easy, but, you know, this is the way. Maybe he's still a bit rusty after being off injured, but, you know, I mean, you know, I say three, take the three points all day long. <laughs> it was all right. There's a bit of, you know, there's stuff to improve and edit on throughout the team, but... Next season we'll do good and hopefully win it. What about Corey Blackett Taylor today? He's good. I mean, he's got speed down the wing, but he seems to not quite have that final final finish. You know what I mean? He's he seems to seems to run out a bit and doesn't put it in the box like he should. Once he learns to do that, he'll, he'll be a good player. Yeah, it's a shame for um, them, but Sockley put his second away. And- Made it one for the team. It's yeah. the first away win in a while. We've been waiting a long time for one of those, haven't we? We have, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, it's well appreciated. You know, we we stick with them, and you know, thick and thin. So you know, it's just one of them things. You know, <laughs> winning, winning breeds winning, doesn't it? You know what I mean? So that's three wins on the bounce, three clean sheets. You can't argue. <laughs> yeah, he got himself involved, and it, it was good on the wing, but still needs to. Practice on quite a lot of stuff. What do you hope to achieve now between now and the end of the season? Obviously, there isn't really much left to play for. What do you want to see from the lads between now and the end of the year? Just want to see them playing 100% for the shirt and basically just get his mid table and then we rebuild for next season. Yeah, it's going to be a big summer, isn't it? Thomas yeah, has got his work definitely. Out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good and really, really needed it. Uh, finally, what have you made of Johnny Jackson as, as manager so far? Good and um, I mean, he's still picking up from Atkins and, and just needs to stay at the club.
There you go. Thanks to both the chaps there uh, at Doncaster Station. Hope you got uh, home safely. Thanks for giving us uh, a little bit of an insight into your views, especially Luke as well. Spoke uh, spoke very well uh, on his views on the performance. I hope you enjoyed uh, the the away day. It certainly was an, an enjoyable one on the road. Um, in, in terms of uh, something that has been a bit disappointing today, I went down to the Oakwood uh, earlier on to watch the women's game. Derby with uh, Crystal Palace, always an exciting game, always a tight game. And that's how it turned out today in terms of the scoreline. We were beating 1-0 at, at Coral Haynes, a bit of a screamer actually in the first half. Um, when uh, Chung Chum, Chum was sort of on the back foot a little bit in the first half, struggling to get out and uh, conceded a goal from long range after giving it away inside their own half. But then second period, they absolutely battered Palace, hit the bar uh, twice, had had headers uh, saved by the goalkeeper, cleared off the line of shot uh, towards the bottom corner that was well saved. Uh, you know, really important uh, cameo from Sophie Quirk in the second half, uh, where she really added some uh, some some... I don't know, some life into the performance and, and, and was causing havoc down the wings that just couldn't get uh, the, the ball into into the back of the net, unfortunately, the addict. So beaten uh, by Palace by goal to, to nil today. Afterwards, uh, Karen Hill gave her views uh, on the performance. Obviously disappointed to lose um, in the, the manner that we did. Um, I think we, we'd done enough in that last sort of 15, 20 minutes to probably to take it to a draw. Um, but no, I'm obviously disappointed and... And it's uh, another defeat for us. Um, obviously, you started off the game really brightly, but just that strike from Coral Haynes there, getting the win. Yeah, again, it was um, we was quite comfortable. Uh, they went into uh, a bit of a block, which we then had to try and problem solve. And I think we we wasn't we didn't move the ball quick enough. And I think when we did some of our passages of play, when the ball's going into players, I thought some of our our passing was a little bit sloppy today. Um, we had a lot more time on the ball than. Than, than what we thought um, and then obviously yeah we, we, we gave the ball away in a, a dangerous area and obviously it was a great finish from her Yeah and obviously there was plenty of chances for the addicts like you said Roach hit the bar Sophie Quirk hitting the crossbar too just, did it just feel like an afternoon where it just wouldn't quite fall for you? Yeah listen I talk about it all the time it's the hardest part of the game to score goals but at the same time um, we're, we're just scratching our head over there because we're we're, we're building we've done all the build up we've got some great pa- passage of play uh, some good patterns um, and then obviously we get into the final third and it's just that final little bit of detail and obviously confidence is for the forwards is always going to be tough but that's part and parcel of, of why they want to be a forward is to, to score the goals and unfortunately that hasn't happened for us today there we go that's uh, Karen I mean they lost today and it's it's weird Mark because they're, they're three games without a win now but there'll be so much momentum from the last three performances because two of them came against you know the runaway league leaders in Liverpool one of which included getting a point up at their place and then a narrow defeat at home and, and again a narrow loss at home today but the performances aren't bad so they'll take plenty of heart going into next Sunday's trip to to Dartford to take on the London City Lionesses. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because in that division, Fat Ferry is only one going up, and obviously Liverpool at the moment are running away with it. But I think we're about twenty points clear. Um, you think it's a, it's there's not a lot of play. If there was a playoff position, say two go up, and then you could do a playoff for the f- top five teams, then you could think yourself maybe they can get a bit more into it and. You're right. It just seems a strange momentum because they go, they do these runs where they're they're not winning and not winning, not winning. Then they suddenly go on a good old winning run of three or four games, and it's it's a, it's been a I think it's been a strange season. It's been a learning season, obviously for the first season back as being professionals, and 
and it's a hard one. I think it's off. We we talked about the, you know the men's season dwindling away. We've got nothing now to you know we're not going to get relegated, and I can say that now. I think this game of the weekend just like put a full stop behind that. We obviously can't go up, so you know if the season's dwindling away, and you wonder if it's almost the same for the women. You know, is is the season dwindling away? You know, it's there's nothing really left to play for apart from sort of like league position, which doesn't really. I was going to say it doesn't really matter now, but it, it's it's hard. You know, obviously they're looking. She's looking for next season and thinking. You know, some players come in, players come out. It's it's a difficult one, and I I do feel as we know we talked about it off air, and I do think like sometimes the Crystal Palace women have got a bit of a a hoodoo over us, and I don't know why. You know, they they used to play a few games at the Valley in the season. I would have thought about this one. You know, see the guys were away this weekend. But they could have played that at the Valley this weekend. Just gone, you know, it's not like it's going to ruin the pitch. There's another week before we've got another home game. Could have got a, you know a bigger crowd down there. Say the season ticket holders free and whatever, you know, and has a whole different ball game. So mm. and there's, it opens it up to a lot. You know, I've I've seen you know women play. I've seen gone down and uh, been very impressed. And mm. the thing is, not enough. I don't think enough of our fans. A sort of like not getting behind them because you know it's you know you follow the results and stuff, but actually giving them a chance to go and say you know what I'm going to take myself down and have a, have a watch and see if the hype is as good, because I think you know a lot of fans who hadn't seen women play would be very pleasantly, I say surprised, but you know it's, it's not meant in a condescending way, but say you know what there's a good quality of player we've got there, proud to wear the shirt, you know, and I'm going to come back. Mm, yeah, and uh, yeah, they were unlucky not to get anything today. Right, we've come to the end of the show. I, I, I must have a, a quick mention for uh, one of our members of the show, of course, Benji Clake. He couldn't be bothered to go to the game uh, yesterday, and and well, for what he would argue was was good reason, he was uh, proposing. Uh, to his partner Kate so they are now engaged so congratulations to Ben uh, and to Kate an excellent couple and I'm really pleased with both of you I did get back in time from Doncaster to go and have a, a quick drink with them uh, after the game I would say this Ben you, I mean you could have gone to the game on a Saturday and then proposed on the Sunday then everyone's happy but there you go you, you, you made your choice and you got to live with it but congratulations to the pair of you right we've run out of time uh, on this week's show thanks to everyone who tuned in thanks to those of you uh, who sent in your messages or spoke to me as well for the fans bar. Thank you, Mark, for joining me this evening. You're welcome, mate. I'm off for a sleep in a fridge. Good idea. <laughs> I'm Louis Mendez. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday uh, when we'll look ahead to next uh, Saturday's home game with Lincoln. We'll see you then.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 